Deve, Goravani Pacharani Nirvasesa Sunyavadi Paschachade Satarani, Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yuta Padakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavam Shashi Rupam Sagrajatam Sagana Raganatam Vitam Sam Sajivam, Sadvoitam Sadvadutam Paditana Sahita Krishna Chaitanya Devam, Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakam Vitam Shat, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya of July 2020 in Hillsborough, North Carolina. I'm reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 18. Lord Balarama slays the demon Palamba, Text 18. Tam vidvana pidasharho Bhagavan sarvadarshanaha An Anvamo data tatsakyam Varam tasya vichintayan Before you go to the word for word, I'd just like us to look at the Sanskrit. So, which words here do we know? Yes? Okay, let's see if there's anybody else. Ishwar? Tatsakya means friendship. Friendship, okay. Chinchayan, anybody? Thinking about, considering, right? Where do we find a similar word? Achintya. Achintya, yeah, it's another one that is in the Shikshastika. Which verse? If you can notice it today when you say this success, would you please consider? Please think about doing in a request. Hmm? Mm. Okay, yes, Vada means to kill. So let's go on. Now, wait, wait, actually, before you go on, anybody have any idea what Da Shar Home means? Okay, so let's pay some attention to that word in this verse. We can go on to the word for word. Tam. Him. Palambasura. Vidvan. Knowing quite well. Api. Even though. Dasharaha. The descendant of Dasharaha. Bhagavan. The Supreme Personality of Godhead. Sarva Darshana, the omniscient, Anvarodhata, accepted, Tat, with him, Sakyam, friendship, Vadham, the killing, Tasya, of him, Vichintayan, 
meditating upon. Okay, wait, before we get to, before we go to the translation, let's go back to the verse. And anybody want to give me an idea of the translation? Okay, the person who knows is Krishna. So. Krishna knows. Krishna knows. Descendant of the Shara. This is a descendant of the Although, so, although he knows, Api is although, although he knows this descendant of Dashara, who is the Supreme Lord who knows everything, although he knows everything, Tatsakyam, he made friendship while thinking about how to kill. So even though he knows everything, instead of just killing, he makes friendship while thinking about how to kill. We're going to see who's this descendant of Dasharha and who is this Dasharha and how does that relate to Pralam. Okay, let's look at the translation here. Since the Supreme Lord Krishna, who had appeared in the Dashara dynasty, sees everything, he understood who the demon was. Still, the Lord pretended to accept the demon as a friend, while at the same time seriously considering how to kill him. So, Vachintayam, they're translating as seriously considering. So, let's look first at the, there's no purport in the BBT edition, we'll look first at Jiva Goswami's commentary. Having described sweet human pastimes which hid their powers, Shukadev now describes an extraordinary pastime showing Balaram's power. Palamba took the form of one counter boy who was absent that day, staying at home. You never know, if you're not sure for your service, a demon may come and take your place. All right, Sanatana Goswami's commentary. Krishna was the moon in the ocean of the Yadu dynasty, Dasharva. The term indicates that as a brother, he wanted to spread the fame of Balaram. So this Dasharaha means he's the descendant of Dasharaha. And Balaram is much more known as a Yadu than Krishna. Why? Because everyone knows who his parents are. Now actually Nanda is also in the Yadu dynasty because he's a half-brother of Vasudev. They have the same father. But still, Balaram is much more known at this time in Vrindavan as being a Yadu. So Krishna wanting to spread the fame of the Yadu dynasty means he wants to spread the fame of Balaram. Or, Shukadev mentions Palamba's name first in Srimad Bhagavatam 10.2.1 when he's listing the names of the demons to show that he was one of the main afflictors of the Yadu dynasty. Killing him would be most beneficial for the Yadus. So mentioning there, Satya Swami is going back, looking at the meaning of why Dasharga is mentioned here, is looking back at the previous verse. That's a particular hermeneutic uh, tool. Killing him would be most beneficial for the others. Krishna sees everything and then acts, Sarvadarshanaha. Or it means he from whom everyone's knowledge arises. So everyone else's darshan, everyone else's ability to see comes from Krishna. It could be either. Or it means he in whom the conclusion of all the six darshanas, like Vaisheshika, reside. So that's yet another meaning. So we have three meanings. He sees everything, he allows us to see everything, 
and from him come the six, the six different branches of philosophy. And Vaisheshika branch has to do with the atomic principle, but we're not going to talk about that. This is because he is Bhagavan, directly the Supreme Lord. Therefore, he knew what Palamba was doing. Still, he began to consider carefully, vi chintayam, how to kill him. In order to give Balaram fame, in order to give Balaram what? Fame. Fame. I will have Balaram mount the demon's shoulders. Balaram will then kill him. He can be on my side and I will lose. Palamba, in other words. Then he will have to come carry Balaram. He thought in this way. The phrase Sarvadarshanaha supports this meaning. The Lord knows everything done in the past and everything in the future. Thus he accepted the stranger among them as a friend. If he, the demon, became friends with Balarama, he would not be able to carry Balarama. So it's not to what Swami is saying. Krishna accepted him as a friend, so then Palamba would be on the opposite side to Balaram, and therefore he would be carrying Balaram, and therefore Balaram would become famous by killing him. So as Krishna Priya mentioned yesterday, Perlambasura, as all the demons, uh, it not only was a historical person, but also is acting as a metaphor, uh, according to Bhakti Vinod. And the metaphor of Perlambasura is he represents the mode of passion, and he represents specifically the desire for fame, the desire to be famous. So sometimes it is said, uh, particularly in the uh, Sri Manashiksha, text 7, that this desire for fame and honor is at the root of all of our other anartas. Of course, Ashila Prabhupada mentions in the uh, Bhagavad Gita, chapter 15, end of chapter 15, that the first weakness of heart is the desire to lord over the material nature. Well, lording over the material nature is a pretty hard thing to do, yeah? Anybody here become very successful at lording over the material nature? <laughs> Pretty tough, right? We're not able to lord over a tiny little virus. Right? We have a little tiny virus having us all cowering in, in fear and confusion. It's very difficult to be the lord of nature. Now, it's easier to be the lord of nature if you're very famous because then other people will want to do what you say and you can extend your power. Isn't it? Right? If a lot of people like you, or are afraid of you, or something. You know, if, if you have a, a, a reputation, either a good reputation, yasha means a good reputation, kirti can mean either a good or bad reputation, and people want to do what you say, then you can be a lord over a great, much greater area than you can be on your own. I mean, Hiranyakashipu was so powerful that he was managing the universe without the help of the demigods. He was doing everything himself which was very distressing to the demigods because then they had nothing to do. Uh, uh, but generally speaking, that's, a, that's an unusual benediction, Lord Ramad said, this is going to be hard to maintain. But generally, if we want to be the lords, being famous and being well-liked is part of that. Also, being the lord, you've got to be the lord of somebody and somebody, someone, right? You can't just be the lord of nothing. <laughs> So having people also going Gloria, Gloria to you is part of being the Lord. And so this desire to be well-liked. Now some of us want to be well-liked and well-known just within a small community or a small family. 
and some people want to be well-known and well-liked in a whole country, and some people want to be well-known and well-liked in the whole universe. But this desire that people will know about us and people will like us, they'll, they'll want to hear about us, they'll want to talk about us, they'll want to be around us, they'll want to do what we say, is very much at the root of our material desire. Now, we have this person, uh, Dasharha, and Krishna is named Dasharha, which means that he is a descendant, like Vasudev and Vasudev, in this dynasty of Dasharha. And it's in the Mahabharata, Krishna is often called Dasharha, and also the dynasty of the Yadus is also called the Dasharhas. So you think, okay, must be a pretty important person. And if you look him up, and, and uh, my friend Rukmini and I spent the time we were supposed to be working on something for the GBC. We spent that hour looking up about Dasharha yesterday. So he's supposed to be very famous. But there's nothing about him except his name. So he's in the ninth canto of the Bhagavatam in the genealogy section. This person had this son, and he had this son, and he had this son, and he had this son, and sometimes the, the women are mentioned also, but generally just the men. So he had this son, and 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 Dashahar is just a name in the list. A few generations after Dashahar, there's a statement by Sukadeva Goswami about someone else in his family, a father and son. He said, there's two verses recited even today, even many, many, many years, although they lived in ancient history many years after their existence, there's verses about them, and that is that they were great personalities, and tens of thousands of people, and it was 14,065 people in their dynasty became liberated. And that was it. But most of the people in the list, including Dasharha, there's nothing about them at all. Not a thing. What did they do? Where did they live? So when we were discussing this, Rukmini uh, sent me to a famous poem about a man who found a statue. But all he found were the legs of the statue. The statue had been uh, toppled and broken. And the inscription under the statue, right, here stands such and such person, who has done mighty works, great works, almighty man, look at it, and, and, uh, and power and fear, something like that. But the rest of the statue was toppled over and there was only sand in all directions. Right? And we see that, like right now in America, people are knocking over statues of famous persons. So what happens, you know, you're very famous, your statue was put up, you did heroic deeds, and then someone else knocks your statue over and doesn't care for it anymore, erases you out of the history books. This is the nature of material fame and material lordship. Isn't it? Right? It's very fleeting. It's very temporary. Just like when King Indrajuna uh, he went to Lord Brahma about building a temple for Jagannath. And he came back, and 
the temple was under the sand. Nobody even knew where it was. Okay? Or uh, Revati's father, who went to Lord Brahma to find a husband for her, and after listening to a musical performance for 20 minutes of Lord Brahma, Lord Brahma laughed and he said, everyone you thought about getting her married to is all gone. He said, no one even remembers their names. So even someone whose name is remembered, it's all over the Bhagavatam and the Mahabharata and other scriptures, Dashahar, we don't know who he is. He's so great that one of Krishna's names is Dashahar. Krishna likes to be named after this devotee of his. And we don't know anything about it. At all. I couldn't find anything. If any of you find anything, I'd be interested. Spent like an hour and a half yesterday looking. So this is the fleeting nature of fame in this world. Now I'm sure in the higher planets where they have more volumes of the Bhagavatam, they have more... You know, some discussion about these persons. But, you know, at the end of every day of Lord Brahma, everything's finished. He has to build it up all over again. And again, the Bhagavatam is spoken and so forth. You know, so what we're looking for in this world is it's a bunch of sand. It's a sand castle. It's a, you know, most of us are not going to be famous enough to get our name in the history book or get a statue erected to us. But even if we are, it's all going to be finished. Yeah? like that. Let's see if I can find that. And yet, you know, we're working so hard for that. We're saying, you know, let me, let me work really hard. Here we go. It's by Shelley. I met a traveler from an antique land who said, two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them on the sand, half sunk, a shattered visage lies, that means a face, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculpture well those passions read which yet survive, stamped on these lifeless things the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal, these words appear. My name is Azimandias, king of kings. Look on my works, ye mighty, and despair. Nothing beside remains. Round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. So when Revati's father was talking to Lord Brahma about all these uh, great personalities that could be his daughter's husband, Lord Brahma said, there is somebody who has eternal fame and who is eternal himself and is still living. And that is? Krishna. Krishna. Oh. <laughs> and here Krishna wants to increase the fame of Balaram. And so, although he knows everything, and he, he could immediately understand that this is a demon, and he could have, could have dispatched him forthwith, he decided, thought about it, the Chintaya, very carefully, let me think about this. Huh. Instead of my killing him immediately, 
Now Krishna did that with Vatsasura, right? Saw the calf, he actually motioned to Balaram, that's a demon, dressed up as a calf, and just killed him. But in this case, he thought, let me make Balaram famous. Let me add to Balaram's fame. So I'll pretend that he's a friend. So Balaram won't even think about it. And that way, uh, and I'll make sure my team loses. And that way my friend will carry Balaram and Balaram will get a chance to kill him. So we do this with people we love, right? You ever play a game with your, your child or your friend and you make sure you lose so they can be more famous? So Krishna and his incarnations, they're eternally famous. They're eternally the Lord's. And their fame and their lordship is constantly increasing, constantly getting richer and deeper and sweeter versus our attempt at fame in this world of illusions. This is a shadow world. It's compared to a dream you know, if I become very famous and powerful in my dreams, what is the value of that? Or somebody becomes very famous and powerful in a computer game. Mm-hmm. Right? People do that. They'll become very famous and powerful and rich even in a computer game. But it, it doesn't have any meaning. And all of our attempts at fame and power and wealth and opulence and control in this world are exactly like that. And of course, we're reminded constantly that even in the illusion, we have such limited power. Some little microscopic thing can destroy our ability to function in a moment. And there's nothing we can do about it. You know, all of us know that even with our social distancing and our masks and our hand washing, and our, that we can still get toppled by this thing. Yes, everybody knows that. And they're constantly changing. Don't wear masks. No, wear masks. Do this, do this, do that. No, maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do that. And then at the time of death, we definitely lose everything, isn't it? Prabhupada says the atheists, they have to meet Krishna as death. And then he takes everything away. All of our lordship, all of our fame, all of our everything. Right? So therefore, this demon Pralamba, this desire for fame, Pralamba came there to be very famous, hoping that he would destroy the heart of the Yadu dynasty. As Sanatana Goswami says, Sukadev Goswami mentions him first in the second chapter of the 10th canto, because he was particularly dangerous to the Yadu dynasty. He wanted to supplant the Yadu dynasty in being famous. So this desire to take over the role of the Lord and be the controller, it has to be uprooted from the heart. And as Bhaktivinoda Chakur mentions, when he talks about the demons all being not only uh, historical persons, but also being understood metaphorically, that the two demons that Balaram kills, Palambasura and Denukasura, are two that the devotee has to assist in getting rid of. The other demons that Krishna kills, Krishna removes those from our heart. Naturally, automatically. We all have this experience. We're reading the Shastra, we chant Hare Krishna, and all of a sudden we realize, oh, I don't have that 
bad habit anymore. I don't have that problem anymore. It just kind of went away. But the demons that Balaram kills, it's not like that. We have to be an active participant in getting rid of those demons. And Balaram here is the, acting as the original guru. Prabhupada says not that the guru is a particular man. Guru is a principle. Guru is the representative of Lord Nityananda, Lord Balaram. We also have to do something. Not only do we have to follow the instructions of Guru, we have to desire to get rid of this desire for fame and honor and lordship. In uh, Vishaka's book, Five Years, Eleven Months, that she writes about Srila Prabhupada, she writes about in India, I think she was in North India in the Himalayas, and she saw this group of Buddhist monks and she was struck by their disinterest in anything of the world, including renown, including being known. They were living lives away from the population. They would live and die unknown by anyone. They had to try to give up the desire for fame. Now, in our Gaudiya Vaishnava understanding, we don't try to kill desire. Trying to kill desire is wanting to become a non-living being. Like this microphone has no desire. It doesn't care if you turn it on or not. It doesn't care if you use it or not. Like you were saying, the demigods, they didn't like it when Hiranyakashipu did all their jobs for them. And they had nothing to do. Do we like that? If someone comes along and says, no, you're useless. You know, you don't contribute anything. I, you know, someone else is going to do your work for you. Nobody likes that, right? Some kid joins a, a sports team, and if they're always just the backup person, and they never get called to hit, they never get called to pitch, they feel very sad. Mm. Right? Isn't it? Mm. But the microphone doesn't care. If we say to the microphone, well, we're, we've got a better one, right? You ever replace any of your equipment? You buy a better computer, you buy a better phone. Does your old one complain? No. Does it say, how dare you get replace me with somebody else? It, it doesn't care. So if we try to kill desires, we become like a machine. We become like a, a non-living being. A living being has desires. So our bhakti process is not to try to kill this desire to be well-liked and well-spoken about. Where does this desire ultimately come from? It comes from Krishna. Krishna likes to be well-liked and well-spoken about. So I'm just, uh, it's, I, don't, I know in this life I'll never read all of the literature in our Sampradaya. Uh, even if I could read 20 books a day, I don't think I'd be able to do it. But I, just reading for the first time the Uddhava Sandesh, written by Rupa Goswami, and it's where Krishna is telling Uddhava, before Uddhava goes to deliver the messages in Vrindavan, he's telling Uddhava about all the places he'll come to. So I'm going to send you to Vrindavan with this message for the residents, and you're going to come to this place where we have this pastime. Some things he said, no, don't go to that place. <laughs> and you're going to go to this place for this pastime. But for some of the places... Krishna starts describing the conversations of the gopis that happened at that place. Like in this place, 
Lalita said this to Radharani, and Saidi said this to Chandravali, and Radharani said this, and this person said this to this person to say. And he's going through all these conversations. And we know in the commentaries to the 10th canto, chapter 32, that one of the things Krishna says to the gopis is when I was absent from you in the Rasans, I was enjoying listening to your conversations. They all of us like to hear people talking about us, isn't it? Especially if they're talking favorably. <laughs> and we especially like to hear if people were talking favorably about us behind our backs, isn't it? Yeah? If someone's ta- saying nice things about us when we're not around, we'd love to be able to eavesdrop on those conversations. Or to find out about them later. Like, wow. So Krishna likes that. We like it because Krishna likes it. We're part of him. In the story of Krishna fighting with Jambavan, Prabhupada writes in Krishna book that Krishna has all the instincts of, of a human being. Or you can say, you know, the Bible says we're made in the image of God. So this desire to be liked, this desire to be part of a group, to be known and liked by that group, it exists in, in God. He, he wants it. So what do we do with this desire? Because materially, it's the root of all of our problems. It's motivating all of our illusion that's giving us all of our bad karma, that's giving us all of our suffering. It's the root of it. I want other people to like me and think well of me and I want some power in the world and it puts us in so much anxiety. And everything we're doing is motivated by that. I want to be liked, I want to be powerful, I want to be the controller. Everything, we can trace back to that. What are we going to do with it? So the solution is found in the story where Akura is going to Vrindavan to bring Krishna to Mathura. And as he's traveling, he says, when I get there, Krishna and Balaram will call me Uncle Akura, and thus my whole life will be glorious. And Srila Prabhupada writes there that if we are not trying to be recognized by Krishna, our life is condemned. So we don't know anything about this Dasharha. We, we, we don't know anything. But Krishna knows something about him. Krishna knows something about him to the extent that he identifies himself with him and it's one of his names. Dasha. I am the descendant of Dasha. Krishna is saying. And that's Dasha's perfection. That he's famous with Krishna. If we're famous to Krishna, if Krishna's talking about us with his intimate friends in a favorable way, what more fame would we want than that? Isn't it? Who ultimately cares whether other jivas who are themselves under the grip of time are speaking this way or that way about us? I mean, really. What does it matter what fame one has in a computer game where everyone has an alias and it's just a bunch of ones and zeros? But if the most important person, if to that person 
we're famous and well-liked, and that person talks about us, then we're satisfied. And if we're not seeking to be recognized by that person, our life is useless. We're just like this stone statue lying in the middle of a desert, asking everybody to tremble in fear at our mighty deeds. <laughs> and there's just a bunch of sand around to witness our broken statue. So how do we get recognized by Krishna? That's very easy. If we have the ability to build big temples and big projects, we should do that. If we have the ability to make some garlands, we should do that. If we have the ability to sweep the floor, we should do that. If we have the ability to peel butternut squash with a peeler, I was very impressed, we should do that. Whatever we have the ability to do, we do that. If we have the ability to bring the songs to life with mudras and bring us all into Krishna's pastimes, we should do that. But whatever we do, I was just hearing Prabhupada say this morning, with pretty, with love. Because what impresses Krishna is not that we do this or that, because guess what? He's our ability. He's our ability, he's our intelligence, he's our life breath, he's our digestive fire. Like the Sarvadarshinaha, as Sanatana Goswami says, could mean that he gives us the ability to see. That's not particularly impressive to Krishna because that's all his. You know, when your child spends money that you gave them to buy you something, it's not so impressive because it's your money. But what's impressive was the time and care and thought that they did, isn't it? Right? The other day was my granddaughter's birthday, and one of her cousins sent her a postcard wishing her a happy birthday. So how much is a postcard isn't worth very much money. It's not a significant... But she was so moved by the love. So if we want to be recognized by Krishna, we have love. And guess what? When we love Krishna, then Prabhupada says the devotee holds Krishna in their hand. I mean, if we really want power... What greater power is it when God wants to do whatever you say? Isn't that interesting? That Krishna wants to fulfill all the desires of the devotees. His ultimate world is full of kalpavriksha lakshavritesha, full of desire trees, wish-fulfilling cows. Krishna wants to get let the devotees, whatever they say, whatever they think, immediately manifest. How can you be a greater Lord than that? That's one of the liberations. You share the powers of the Lord. But who do we share our powers with? People we love and trust, yeah? Yeah, right? Isn't it? Who can access your bank account? Your spouse. Who will you let stay in your house and you leave your wallet lying around? Your spouse. 
your friend, someone who loves you. So everything we want, we can get by loving Krishna, by doing whatever we do with love. It's not so much what we do, but doing it with love. Otherwise, like Columbus, or if we do it with a desire for our own fame, then smash. He joined the Leela as a coward boy, ostensibly. But because he was interested in his own fame, bam, smash, power. So questions, comments, additions, subtractions, juxtaposites. Yes, Orbacabu. Do we use a microphone? I'll just repeat, but just... You probably already said this in your class, but there, yeah, that desire for, for fame, it's a real killer. It kills our devotion. So maybe you can elaborate a little bit more about how we can know Get rid of this nasty thing. You get rid of it by wanting to be famous with Krishna. You said that the desire for fame kills our devotion. How do we get rid of it? Turn it. Instead of wanting to be famous with other jivas, want to be famous with Krishna. Okay. Yeah, that was... Turn it. Yes, Steve. Um, Madhiji, very nice class. I wanted to look up to see if I could find any more information on this very important personality that is only described in the genealogical section. Yes. Uh, how do you spell his name? His name is Ozzy Oh, that's the poem. But you're thinking Dasarhar. You can look in the verse. D-A-S or D-S-H-A-R-T or T-H-A. It's in the verse. That's in the verse? Okay. Yeah. And... The original personality is a short A, and with Krishna it's a long. It's a or a. D A S A R H A. And the first S can sometimes have an H at the end of it. Good luck. Yes, for. Devotee holds Krishna in his hands. That's one of your statements. That's a Shil Prabhupada statement that devotee holds Krishna in his hands. Okay, can you give me the lecture in the day? Yes, not right this second. Okay. But can you say a little but bit? But the more best about thing, it? if you want me to give you the, the, the source, send me a text message or an email and remind yeah. me because I have about 50,000 well, things to do. Maybe you can say a little bit more about that because that's really the crux of it. The crux that Krishna, that Krishna holds the devotee, and it, the, the devotee holds Krishna in their hands. Um, it's out of love. Just like Prabhupada talked about the man who wanted to speak to the Prime Minister of England, this some important man, and the important man was waiting at an appointment. And he's waiting for an hour, even though he had an appointment. And then he's wondering, what is this Prime Minister doing? And he cracks open the door, and the Prime Minister was giving a horsey ride to his grandson. So the little grandson held the Prime Minister of England in the palm of his hand such that the Prime Minister was giving a horseback ride to the grandson and leaving another important person waiting in the waiting room. But that's out of affection. So because Krishna has affection for the devotee, he, he becomes the servant of the devotee. He lets Mother Yasoda tie him up. He puts Nandamarja's shoes on his head. He's, he's falling at Malita's feet. Please let me go and see your friend. What can I do to see your friend? Is that right? And if you want the citation, send me a
Thank you. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai. Shri Bhagavatam Ki Jai. is the uh, Greek name for Ramses II. Oh, that's good to know. So he's a pharaoh. And wrote the poem after the, they discovered his wreckage. And he was so much thinking, what a useless thing this is. And then he wrote that poem. Oh, okay. So he's an Egyptian pharaoh. Thank you. Thank you. But they don't, you don't have much about him.